0: to clubhouse ambassador's corner it is friday here in verona and um i am standing in for stevie kim as she is on her travels yet again probably doing another on the road edition but i cannot keep track of her schedule because she is constantly traveling Um, So I have no idea where she is, but she's off doing something on the road edition related. Um, So, yeah, tonight we have uh, Slawick Kominski, our Italian wine superstar, Italian wine podcast superstar. And um, (laughs) you are going to be interviewing Marco Biscardo. So let me just quickly... Introduce you. I should probably start off by saying that um, Clubhouse is very popular. We always replay these on the Italian Wine Podcast, and um, that's what I'm going to do. So let's let's start off by uh, giving Slawek a, a welcome. Um, he's the founder and uh, owner of uh, of Mine Wine in Poland. Uh, Slawomir is a wine lover, especially one of uh, Italian wine, and he has a strong determination to turn the combination of his passion for wine and business into success. Um, He's a communicator and and excellent interpersonal skills and enter. And I can't even say that word. (laughs) Entrepreneurial. He has a he's an entrepreneur. (laughs) Anyway, so um, basically, yeah, he Loves all things to do with wine, especially Italian wine. For the last 15 years, he's been the founder of the Mine Wine, which operates in, Pol- in, in the Polish wine retail market. And he's an owner of four specialist wine stores, and two of them have wine bars and tasting rooms, where he, he and his team organize lots of wine courses, masterclasses, and tastings uh, with the producers. And he, uh, he's also an Italian wine ambassador, uh, a Val Policella wine specialist and official ambassador of Lange Vini. Um, he's the second, uh, this is his second ambassador's corner. So, welcome, Slawick. How you doing?
1: Uh, hello, Joy. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, Joy, for this uh, uh, amazing introduction. Uh, I'm very proud to be a second time on the uh, Ambassador's Corner. Uh, last time, uh, my guest was the Michele Shenza, uh, the owner of the uh, of the uh, estates uh, Guado Almelo from Bulgaria. Now, uh, I have invited Marco, uh, who is also my supplier, uh, and we are sitting together in the wine table at this moment because uh, Marco uh, is in Poznań, in, in my city, and we will have a tasting with my uh, customers this evening and tomorrow evening. Uh, so now we've got a great opportunity to sitting on the same table at the same time, not to be online. Uh, so it's uh, I think it will be better for our, our discussion and our conversation.
0: Yeah, I think that is nice, actually, because even though it's great that we have... You know all these uh, these tech things where people can be sitting opposite sides of the planet. It it's always sounds better when you guys are in person. So I'm. I'm yes, for, exactly. Yeah, I'm all for it. All right. Well, before I let you guys have your um, your interview, I should um, I should ask. So how did you how did you discover um, uh, Marco Biscardo's wines?
1: Um, Okay, Um, uh, we know each other with Marco um, uh, for many years and uh, we have cooperated together with uh, his Fosso Corno wines from Abruzzo since uh, 2016. Uh, But Marco is not only the owner of uh, this winery, but uh, he's also the boss of Enobi's company, which is a distributor and uh, represents wineries uh, from all over Italy. Uh, not only in Europe, but also in uh, many other different uh, markets like uh, the U.S. and Japan. Mm, uh, so I think that the possibility to, to discover these uh, two perspectives, uh, wine producer on the one hand and distributor on the other, uh, can give our listeners a great mix of knowledge and vision of the Italian wine, uh, wine market.
0: Okay, well, um, let me see here. Um, is do you have a? I know this is not something that you were expecting me to ask, but do you have a, a specific wine of his that you particularly like?
1: Oh, of, of course, you know I I like all of uh, all of them because uh, Marcos uh, wines are really really great. Uh, and we will have a possibility to taste eight of uh, these wines this uh, this evening uh, but uh, i um, i really love the these two wines one is the pecorino it's a white wine we will talk a little bit uh, about it uh, and the second wine uh it's the orsus it's uh, montepulciano d'abruzzo colino Terramane, at the ocg it's very particular project of marco in in abruzzo uh, area with uh, some sp- special winemaking techniques and we will talk about it uh, I hope later this evening
0: okay so that's that's fantastic I'm gonna stop talking now and I'm gonna hand over the floor um so Marco are you, are you there
1: yes I'm here hi, hi Joe. hi
0: hi okay so I'm gonna mute myself I'll come back at the end if there's any questions and um uh, I guess uh, have a good conversation
1: Okay, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, Marco. Uh Welcome to Italian Wine Podcast and Ambassadors Corner. Uh, it's a fantastic. I'm uh, I'm really uh, really proud that we can uh, we can discuss together um, on uh, on this uh, on this show uh, about the Italian wines, and it's a great pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you very much, Slavek. Thank you very much, Joe, for the invitation,
2: and uh, hi to everybody that listen now.
1: Okay, so uh, guys, at the beginning, let me uh, describe um, the Marco um, Marco Biscardo and uh, a little uh, dossier uh, about him. So um, Marco and his sister Sabrina are the fourth generations in the wine business. In 1930, their grandfather founded the Biscardo winery in the uh, Bardolino area, close to Verona, of course, in Veneto region. Uh, and uh, at twenty, their father Augusto began to sell typical wines of the Verona area, like uh, Amarone, Valpolicella, Bardolino, and Soave. And at the beginning, in the first, uh, first of all, of, in Italy, and then in Germany. Uh, and you need to know that at, the same, at that time, the German market became uh, more and more important. Uh, so he spent uh, more time abroad. Um, and in Germany, at the same time, three other wines, not only from, uh, uh, from Veneto, uh, had a success. It was a Chianti, Lambrusco, and Montepulciano. Uh, so the Biscardo winery decided to, uh, to buy the Montepulciano wine as a bulk wine, bottled and sold them. Uh, in Germany, but also in in other countries. And when uh, the grandfather, the founder of the winery, passed away, the Marco's father decided to leave the Biscardo winery to his brother and cousin and build his own distribution company uh, for Germany. And Marco and his sister Sabrina, after they graduated, began to work with their father on the distribution of wines from Germany uh, 14 Italian wineries from different regions, from north to south uh, of, uh, of Italy. And uh, in 2002, uh, Marco Sabrina and their father made a big investment in both the Fosso Corno and State in Abruzzo. In Uh, Three years later, their father, Augusto, passed away without seeing the first uh, harvest, but uh, Marco and Sabrina decided to continue uh, their vision and mission, which is the production of a particular high-quality Montepulciano wines. So, Marco, uh, I need to ask as a first question uh, the reason why you are Venetiano, uh, and you uh, decided to invest you and your family uh, decided to to invest um, a money but not only money but also uh, your commitment and heart in abruzzo, a region quite far from the place where you are live. why you decided to invest your uh, your money and your heart in abruzzo region.
2: Slavik, uh, um, as you told uh, my sister, and uh, I comes from uh, Verona. Verona is a very interesting and uh, famous uh, town for the production of Valpolicella, Marone, Bardolino, as you say, Suave as well, Lugana. But uh, the, the funny history is, um, uh, as uh, my father was a, a young salesman and begins to work uh, with his father in uh, their own um, winery, Uh, he went to uh, Abruzzo as region, Italian region, to sell their wines there, to sell their Valpolicella, their Amarone, Suave especially, to this region, to their retailer. And uh, the second uh, contact with uh, this uh, uh, special and uh, fantastic region was uh, when he began to sell in Europe, uh, especially in, uh, in Germany, but uh, in Switzerland uh, and in Belgium, uh, in the UK. And uh, the importers uh, at that time were Italian importers uh, and uh, they asked him not only, for their wines Valpolicella so other that they produced but they asked them uh, to my father Montepulciano and so the family at that time my grandfather and my father decided to, to went to, to the Abruzzo region to buy Montepulciano as uh, by wine this was the second uh, contact uh, with uh, this uh, region one uh, to sell their wines uh, to the region abruzzo but uh, at the same time uh, to buy from uh, abruzzo the bulk montepulciano and to bottle in their own uh, uh, winery but uh, my father fell in love for this region for uh, some uh, um, particularly um, uh, place for the landscape, for the year, for the terroir uh, and the quality of the grapes. He saw a very interesting uh, grape and an interesting uh, great wine. And so uh, after this, uh, uh, he uh, went away from uh, his winery and uh, uh, founded his own export distribution company, in the 2001, 2002, they decided, uh, my father, my, my mother, my sister, and I, to make uh, an uh, important uh, investment in, re- in uh, this region, Abruzzo, to uh, buy a an, uh, hill. And this hill is uh, in a particular place, area, north in Abruzzo, that is called Colline Terramane, that it means the hill about... Uh, Teramo City. And this area is located between uh, the um, Teramo City and uh, the um, Adriatic Sea Coast. And this is a fantastic landscape, a fantastic area for producing of great, great red wines. So this is, uh, was uh, the, our... Uh, mm, the, background. Background. The, beginning, the beginning of yeah. uh, our
1: uh, investment there. Okay, uh, that's great. Uh, Marco, uh, what do you think, uh, which elements uh, make Abruzzo stand out the most, uh, or more nearly DOCG Colline Terramane? It's unique location, as you can, as you said, between the Adriatic coast and the mountain, especially the Gran Sasso uh, Massif, or the climate, the soil, uh, the variety typicity, or maybe a mix of all of these elements
2: yes Slavik, uh, um, slavic this is uh, there are a mix uh, of uh, um, elements uh, as uh, the terroir the climate uh, the microclimate because uh, you are between high mountains that are above above 3000 meters over the sea level to uh, the hills that are directly ending at the Adriatic coast, and the soil, the soil we have especially a uh, percentage of 33 percent of clay, grey clay, and they that all the mix of this point make the difference and give the possibility to a Montepulciano variety grape to make in this special area, great wines, as uh, you can tell, uh, speak about Chianti Classico or Brunello di Montalcino, uh, or particularly Valpolicella Ripasso or Amarone. This is a great, great soil and great climate,
1: microclimate. Great. Marco, I, I need to tell you that after my visit in Abruzzo, when we met the first time, and it was in 2017, uh, I can say that it's, uh, uh, and I totally agree with you, it's one of the most beautiful uh, region uh, in Italy, but at the same time, I got the feeling and I got the impression that this is also one of the most underrated regions in Italy. Uh, And uh, do you agree with me? And I think that you, as as an outsider, I think you have, because you live close to Verona, I think you have a good perspective. So uh, I want to ask you, in your opinion, Abruzzo as a region and also wines from Abruzzo uh, have the specific and characteristic, something to offer, which can translate into also the commercial success of this place. The place of uh, Abruzzo as a region, of course, the wines produced there also.
2: But, uh, Slavic, uh, um, but, first of all, I feel uh, now as a Abruzzo uh, people now. A, um, You're like and, a part uh, of, the, yes, of the region. Yes, uh, I'm a part, uh, and, uh, uh, and now I think uh, as a producer, uh, Abruzzo producer. Uh, first of all, uh, in this area there are about 17,000 hectares There are planted. It's a lot. It's a very big area. Uh, in Ola Brutto with Montepulciano grape. And uh, this is, it means it's uh, a very, very big production. As uh, we can see, say, uh, the Chianti, not Chianti classic, but the Chianti area is uh, quite the same, 17,000 hectare. And so as uh, an area... Uh, It's not possible that uh, all the producers have uh, as uh, as vision uh, the premium uh, wines, iconic wine, cult wine, uh, or top quality. So you find uh, top quality, iconic wine, cult wine at the same time, easy wine for Montepulciano. This is why of the big area. And uh, the second uh, problem is. uh, I can tell you is the uh, the old uh, mentality of uh, the people who lives uh, uh, who lives, but in the past. Now I see a big change uh, with uh, the new younger producer, younger farmers. They understand and understand the the high quality and the possibility of this great variety, but. Uh, I think, uh, uh, and this is why we decided to invest in uh, this area, uh, the Abruzzo and the Montepulciano grape variety give you, as a producer, I speak as a a, a farmer and a state, the possibility to produce premium wine, but really premium, iconic wine, occult wine, top quality with top qualities. And at the same time, if you want as a producer, if you wanted to produce a little bit more, you can uh, uh, produce uh, simply wine at the same time. So this is uh, the um, possibility and the great opportunity of uh, offer uh, from uh, this uh, variety, top premium and simply wine at the same time.
1: Yeah, Marco, but, uh, of course, uh, we know that its uh, potential is great, but uh, I want to uh, to come back to the beginning of my question about the underrated of, of yeah. the Abruzzo as a region. yeah, Because yeah. you've got a great product, but... Uh, Honestly, I don't know if there um, are many peoples around the world that they uh, have an image of the Montepulciano as a high quality grapes and high quality wines. So we will talk about it a little bit later. But I, I think that uh, um, uh, Abruzzo uh, as a region has a lots of things to do to create uh, the image of the region. Yes. Because it's absolutely fantastic place to spending a time there. Uh, it, the Abruzzo as a region has a lot of things to offer for the tourists. But I'm uh, from the point of view uh, of the uh, of the person who live in Poland. I think that it's nobody knows about it uh, about the Abruzzo as a touristic place to visit. Tuscany is very famous. Now the Puglia is absolutely great. The Sardinia, of course. The Sicily, of course. But how about the Abruzzo? It's so many to offer.
2: Yes, uh, we have uh, a lot to offer because, uh, <laughs> as tourist, uh, you can uh, spend your time, your holiday not uh, only at the sea coast, uh, and uh, but you you can, for example, take a bike and uh, uh, make one hundred and thirty kilometers uh, uh, on the bike road that now is one of the nicest and longest bike road in Italy. That is. Uh, Quite um, at the, directly on the coast, and this is something of uh, nice in particular. But you you can uh, walk in the mountain, and uh, we have a very nice place uh, in the near uh, the Aquila and uh, near the Gran Sasso that uh, you can uh, uh, see particularly place that. Uh, I have never seen uh, um, in my wa- in my life uh, such nice places where nobody there is uh, and uh, no restaurants, uh, no uh, no hotels. There are uh, like uh, in Asia or uh, in the mountain in, in North Asia. There are very very nice uh, places there. But uh, it's right what you say. We have uh, to invest. Uh, and we all have to invest. I mean, not only we as a producer, as states, but the politician has to invest in publicity and in advertising for the territory. We have to make an upgrade for our airport, for example, In Episcaro, that is a small airport, uh, to uh, give the the possibility to the people to come to Abruzzo, and uh, the consortium, for uh, for example, has to invent that that the the consortium of Montepulciano make uh, do a great job, but he. And he inviting journalists, master classes. He organizes master class not only in Abruzzo but abroad. They organize tasting in Abruzzo and abroad. They invite, they, they make invitation for influencer, importers. Uh, I tell you, uh, the consort of Montepulciano uh, in this moment do a great job.
1: Yeah, it's nice to hear it. But I think that maybe. Um, the the government of the of the region of the Abruzzo should invest the money to hire some sure. uh, some director to create a great movie about the yeah. Abruzzo, like was it in Tuscany, or maybe they should offer some estate to buy for for a famous singer or something <laughs> uh, to make Abruzzo yeah. more uh, um, uh, more famous, uh, not only in the wines but o- o- also to. Um, uh, to other people because uh abruzzo is really fantastic fantastic place with the great wines with the fantastic food with the fantastic landscape and the great beaches also uh the coast of the sea it's uh, it, it's fantastic and uh, uh the the environment there it's very very uh very good
2: But we have um uh, uh, sorry uh, we have another problem in Abruzzo, and the problem is uh, that uh, about 50% of the Abruzzo production is bottled outside uh, the region Abruzzo, and uh, some region as Tuscany, for example, there are a lot of big uh, bottling uh, companies in Tuscany, in Piedmont, uh, in Lombardy, in uh, Veneto as well, That. Uh, they bought the montepulciano and so uh, they have no uh, the the relation with uh, the territory and uh, yeah it's it's uh, this is uh, for my opinion a big problem, be a problem. yes yeah. because sorts are understood and uh, they now with the new vintage 2023 they decided now uh, to uh, create uh, ten uh, sub areas in Abruzzo, and uh, if uh, as a producer, if you are in one of these uh, sub areas, you can uh, choose uh, to produce uh, normally simply Montepulciano or a uh, sub Montepulciano uh, called, for example, uh, the hills uh, from Pescara or, the, or, or from Chieti or the Aquila. And so, in these cases, uh, you can sell the bulk wine in other regions. You have to produce, uh, to ferment it, the wine, to bottle the wine in the territory. And this is uh, a very important point that the, the consortium did.
1: Okay, Michael, so let's uh, focus uh, a little bit about uh, of the Montepulciano as a great variety. Uh, We know that it's uh, uh, not an easy uh, grape to grow, mainly due to its long maturation period. So uh, what kind of actions and efforts uh, do you need to take uh, with your vineyards uh, and with your winemaking team to make a good, well-balanced Montepulciano wine?
2: Well, uh, allora, first of all, you have uh, the, the Montepulciano give you this opportunity. So, if you want to create to produce a big a big Montepulciano, you have to in, invest in your vine- in vineyards. So that is uh, what do we do, and so you can reduce the quantity per hectare and produce at uh, uh, the same time a, a, a very uh, great Montepulciano. Montepulciano has its plus and advantage or weakness. Advantage for Montepulciano, for example, is the great variety have a lot of tannins and good acidity. And that helps the producer to produce a really a uh, top and perfect wine uh, that can be aged more than 10 years. The weakness is the problem, or the problem is uh, that with a hot summer and drought summer as the last three years, uh, the soil gets so hard that it cracks, it splits. And uh, in this case, we lose the humidity and the water that is in the soil. So we... You have to work a lot in the vineyards, but not only when you have hot summer and drought summer, you have to work a lot if if you have a rainy season. So you have to remove the leaves, you have to remove the, the branches with uh, meldo, you have to de- select the branches. It's a lot of uh, job or work, but only if you believe in the territory, in this area, in the Montepulciano grape, and uh, you work in uh, with the Montepulciano, I- you work in your vineyards, you can obtain a really big wine. Okay, so the uh, vineyards is the key. Yes, yes. But it's not only in Abruzzo, it's uh, all over Italy. And uh, um, I I see uh, the switch in some regions, um, began um, in the 70s, uh, the beginning of the seventy. the same in the Canty Classico, for example. They invested, they decided to uh, pick producer um, quality producer began to invest in their own vineyards or to buy new vineyards. Okay. Uh,
0: Marco. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, Abruzzo is uh, now not only for um, famous for the Montepulciano wines. Of course, Montepulciano is the uh, is the main grape variety. But also, we are observing a trend of uh, growing popularity. For example, of the pecorino wines, the white wine. Uh, we know that Pecorino is uh, from Barke, but also in Abruzzo it's growing and growing. And uh, you make Pecorino as well, which we I personally like very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, w- w- what do you think uh, is why we have the Pecorino boom now?
2: Ma, uh, it's right. There, Actually, we have a Pecorino boom it's uh, especially in the restaurant in the wine shops uh, not only in italy but uh, in uh, uh, the other country as well uh, perhaps uh, it uh, um, it depends because the consumer now in this moment uh, is looking for indigenous grape grape variety and so one of these uh, is uh, sure the pecorino is uh, an old variety in uh, in uh, Uh, There are two reasons, especially that uh, plants, uh, this variety, this is market, as you told, and uh, Abruzzo as well. In Abruzzo, we have about 600, 650 hectares. It's not a big, uh, uh, large uh, extension, but it's uh, interesting uh, for the quality and uh, uh, for the um, opportunity to use uh, this uh, this variety, not only to produce fruit uh, fruity and fresh wine, but uh, gives you the opportunity to to produce a complex wine, a mineral with a mineral notes and... Also uh, some
1: herbal notes, which yes, I really yes. like
2: it in pecorino. Yes, and uh, uh, if you obtain this, uh, you can produce a, a, a pecorino that can age the two, three, four years without problems. And this is uh, the interesting age- aging potential that Pecorino has. It's uh, small, but uh, now everybody that produce Pecorino, we are all, uh, as we see in Italy, are in the same boat, and uh, we try to produce a good quality and that is uh, for everybody good.
1: Yeah, and Pecorino is... Um, Uh, Also, I think very food food friendly wine. It's very uh, good to pairing with uh, uh, some, uh, for example, vegetable uh, dishes like uh, asparagus that we that we ate uh, during the lunch together today. (laughs) Today, yes. So it's it's very friendly, good fruit friendly wine. Yeah. Yes, with the fish variety
2: fish, it's uh, perfect. uh, Or with uh, uh, light pasta. it's uh, in in abruzzo for example pecorino is uh, uh, with the people drink it uh, as a aperitif uh, as well
1: okay um, marco um, abruzzo wines uh, in my opinion have quite a bit of work to do in terms of the image building uh, you you told us about the high quality in montepulciano uh, and of course, I, I really appreciate what you do and your team, what you are doing with the with the Montepulciano, and the, I really appreciate your results. But on the other on the other hand, the image of the Montepulciano for many decades decades uh, was created by the uh, powerful production of the Cantina Sociale, uh, the cooperatives uh, offering uh, a rather simple cheap di Montepulciano da and non so Trebbiano da wines. I don't value it. I don't say it's bad. Uh, and then, of course, I realize the production of the cooperatives is like the backbone of the Italian winemaking. But what, in your opinion, should happen uh, to create the image uh, of the high-quality Montepulciano and... Uh, um, how to create uh, the the market for uh, and the space on the market for the uh, Montepulciano with the high quality with long aging potential uh, compared to this one, which is uh, uh, very uh, popular on the mass market.
2: Ma, uh, it's uh, quite uh, difficult. Uh, <laughs> I know that's <laughs> why <what> I'm asking. <laughs> yes, but, uh, the cooperative. Uh, they produce um, about uh, 80% of the whole production of uh, of montepulciano but uh, the cooperative uh, now in the last year do a good job with the quality they increase their quality it's not easy as a cooperative manager to say to the grower you have to produce less and uh, uh because the mentality in many cases are as a grower, I produce more, so I, I win more, I have more money. So you have only one way as a cooperative or as a manager of a, a big company to say to the grower, I pay you more, but you bring me a better quality. This is what's happened now in Abruzzo, the, the mentality of the people, of the manager, uh, is changing. It's not uh, not so easy to change uh, for a so big area. I told you, 17,000 hectares. Uh, but uh, it helps that uh, small producer and uh, small estate as we are, uh, are... Uh, going in uh, another way of the quality. And so also the cooperative uh, decided in the last year to follow and to to follow, to go this way. This is uh, interesting and uh, positive for uh, the region and for the Montepulciano uh, wine, grape variety. Uh, in the past, it's right, the Montepulciano had an uh, uh, image of a simply wine. Yes, it's right. But uh, uh, at the same time, you have to say that the positive uh, side of this is uh, that uh, some big uh, producer or some uh, uh, cooperative gives the opportunity to uh, export uh, a great uh, quantity of their wines in uh, I think, all over the world. So uh, the positive is the knowledge for the consumer about multiple China. The next step is the, to show there is not only a... Uh, um, simply Montepulciano that, but uh, you can find uh, a great uh, premium Montepulciano or iconic or uh, cult Montepulciano. So this is uh, not only bad, but uh, I see yeah. the opportunity. The opportunity is that the people just know about uh, Montepulciano so that uh, the other have to invest and to show that uh, there is uh, another type, another quality of Montepulciano. But uh, I can... Um, um, Say that uh, now not only big uh, producer, but uh, uh, at the same time the small producer and big producer follow this way of the quality, and to show there is another Montepulciano.
1: Yeah, you're you're right, Marco. I agree with you that this is the this is the advantage. Uh, and uh, as you um, as you said that. Uh, when the consortium put a lot of efforts to okay. create a, a, a image of the si. uh, of the better quality of Montepulciano, uh, it's it's very good and uh, and I, it's very nice to hear it that they they, they are thinking about it. It's very good, it's very good. No,
2: no I, I assure you that um, the consortium is do I think a revolution. Uh, all the other regions in Italy are looking for what uh, the consortium and the region is doing now, because it's a revolution. We are the first, uh, uh, the first region that has a so big area that begin to speak about ten ten sub-era. One of these, for example, is the Colline Terramane. Of the ten uh, sub-era, this is the only wine, uh, only one that had the the denomination of DOCG, the top level of quality appellation wine in Italy. And uh, this is uh, really a good job what uh, we all do now in Abruzzo.
1: That's great. Marco, and my last question about the Abruzzo, because in the second part of our conversation, I would like to shift a little bit uh, uh, to use your uh, experience and knowledge of the distributor. But my last question about the uh, the Abruzzo and your wines, because you've got very particular project, which is called Orsus. It's a uh, DOCG Corinne Terramane, as you as you mentioned, it's a very particular wine. Wines which I love it. So, uh, could you tell us something more um, about this project?
2: allora uh, our
1: estate
2: uh, um, is uh, a thirty hectare big estate. It's not so big, it's but it's not so small. And uh, as my father. Uh, and and I uh, and my sister of course uh, decided uh, to invest and uh, to buy this hill that has uh, a big S form, uh, we divided the, the hill in four vineyards. But uh, now I can guarantee you that uh, the whole hill is divided in 17 plots. Why? Because of uh, the the we we see that the quality in some plots uh, are completely different as uh, with the same uh, uh, Montepulciano grape variety as the other so we decided to make something of special and the special thing is uh, the quality begins in the in the vineyards everybody speak now about the qualities in the vineyards and uh, it's right everything is right but uh, in the, the case of phosphorus that we divided in 17 plots, the 17 plots are because the area are different, the the soil are different, the uh, conditions are different, the slope. One is facing south. One is. Uh, facing
1: southeast, the other are west, and so you you can talk about something like an MGA, like a Menzione Geografica Aggiuntiva. Yes, yes, it's uh,
2: particularly, and uh, so we decided uh, the next step that we did is, and we do now, is uh, to produce the single vineyards or the the single, the quality, the the grape of the single plots for one wine or the uh, the addition of uh, two single plots for a particular wine. So we have uh, in this moment, uh, seven types of Montepulciano. And this is uh, something that uh, um, I, I only listen now, in the, for example, in Chianti Classico or, or in Barolo, yeah, yes, where yes. the producer has a, a single plot, single vineyard, uh, the, uh, the one is different of the other, and uh, they produce a, a single vineyard wine. Yes.
1: And and that's, it's amazing. I think yes. that no, not so many people uh, heard about it. It's a, it's a long way. Uh, the
2: fermentation then uh, uh, takes uh, uh, single and uh, I, I mean the our harvest is in begins in the end of uh, august and the the end of october two two and a half months of harvest why because we decided to to harvest when uh, of the single uh, plots when the quality uh, is uh, reached the right moment and the, 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 r- the right condition of the grapes, uh, the, the maturity of the grapes. So.
1: Okay, Marco, we've got a few minutes left. So now I would uh, like to refer a little to your experience also in the distributor distribution market. Mm, you have been an uh, active observer and participant in the wine market for many decades. So, uh, please tell me what market trends on the Italian wines you currently identify?
2: uh, There is, uh, uh, we can speak uh, perhaps uh, uh, during the COVID and after the COVID time. Uh, During the COVID time, uh, we saw that uh, the people spent more uh, More for uh, mm, premium wines. They didn't travel, they didn't buy clothes, they didn't uh, go to restaurants, so they had more money to invest uh, to buy premium wine. But uh, in this time, uh, we saw the change of the taste of the consumer. So after COVID now, the people started uh, again uh, to travel uh, to go to restaurant uh, to go, to buy uh, clothes but uh, the the quality of the their taste uh, is still of more quality and less of uh, uh, cheaper wine so uh, we see uh, interesting
1: uh, um, so in quality of uh, life, uh, people want to, to have a higher quality of, yeah, they, of they, life they, because they, they do what will happen in the next years. Yeah, yeah. The,
2: the people drink less, eh? less quantity, but better quality. This is uh, uh, a great opportunity for all uh, all uh,
1: producers. Yeah, especially like you, on your on your yes, size yes, and with your yes. approach to yes. produce the, uh, the high quality wines. Yeah. And uh, for the uh, your
2: demand of a specific uh, appellation, or this word, the the wine, the trained wine, but it's uh, it's not easy to to, to say because uh, each uh, nation, its uh, country has uh, his uh, his. Uh, uh, smell. So in Asia, for example, uh, you uh, you sell more sweeter uh, sweeter wine uh, or um, wine with uh, sweeter tannins uh, with a high uh, alcohol. In Europe, uh, for example, the people now ask more for fresh and fruity wine, less alcohol. In the USA, the winers, uh, they ask uh, wine with a big structure. So, it's uh, not, uh, uh, you have to to, to, to choose which, which nation and uh, yeah. each nation has uh, his uh, trend wine. Yeah. For example, you, you go to Germany and uh, uh, one of the most uh, uh, asked, why? Let me guess, it's Lugana. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lugana, yes. Because of the people, they come to the Garda Lake and uh, this appellation uh, and this area is close to the south to the Garda Lake. And so the people uh, drink uh, in a holiday. Uh, Lugana, and when they go back home, uh, they ask for Lugana, and uh, or Grigio, and uh, as you told, uh, uh, the uh, Apulia is uh, the Apulia is another region, south region, where uh, now is the boom for the Primitivo. But uh, the tourists now go to Primitivo Apulia, and they drink Primitivo there, and so they know about yeah. Primitivo. That is what. I saw we have to do the same in Abruzzo. We have to to bring the people, the consumer, in our country, in our in our region. When they see the landscape, the territory, the the, the, the land, they fell in love, and they they will buy Montepulciano.
1: Absolutely, I fell in love in Abruzzo. Uh, um also, thanks to you, Marco, because uh, I remember when I visited Abruzzo uh, the first time we, we, with we, with you. You showed me the the winery and the vineyards, uh, and etc. And at the end of uh, uh, of the day, uh, you uh, took me to the restaurant, uh, and it was on the border between the Abruzzo and the and the Marke, Marke. and the Marke. And it was uh, for me, it was uh, one of uh, absolutely fish and seafood, the best dinner I have ever eaten. It was something absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Thank right, you. Yeah, yeah and, uh, um, Marco, but um, about the trends, uh, um, I, what, in your opinion, uh, which markets are, are the most attractive at this moment uh, for from the perspective of the Italian producer and distributor? It's Asia, it's U.S. It's Eastern Europe.
2: Uh. No, no it's, uh, I think it's uh, still North America and uh, Europe uh, for uh, the quality wines. Uh, but uh, Asia is uh, still increasing. Uh, Japan, for example, is. Yeah, I
1: know you've the, got a lot of connections. Yeah, well, with yeah Japan. we sell
2: very well in Japan, and uh, but uh, there are uh, a country as uh, uh, South Korea, uh, Singapore, uh, Vietnam that uh, um, they the consumer. Uh, begin to to drink Italian wine, and so the connection uh, is better with Italian, uh, the Italian taste, Italian wine, Italian food, and uh, for my opinion, uh, these are now the new country, the new um, area where uh, it's open an opportunity for Italian wine or for Montepulciano wine.
1: Okay, great. Uh, Marco, Mark, my uh, last uh, question. Uh, we mentioned uh, the po- post COVID era, and uh, in some uh, of the producers I talked to, told me that this is the time of the erosion of the idea of the wine first. Uh, and the, there's certain form, formula has run out. Also, of course, because of the cost cutting reasons. Uh, how do you see uh, in it and what from your perspective as a producer and distributor does the Italian wine market need to develop and reach new groups of potential consumers
2: Uh, yes yes I tell you yes because uh, in the past you said the fairs was more business business meeting points uh, where uh, the um, the people, the producer, made real business and sold a lot of uh, wine. Uh, why? Because in the past uh, there were less fairs. The fair were was uh, smaller, and there were less producers. So for importer there was an opportunity to see in uh, uh, in a small uh, um, fair a lot of uh, producers from. Uh, uh, more, more areas of Italy. But now it's changed, and the fairs, we we do a lot of fairs. But we see the fairs is not more business; it's more a public relation uh, moment where you meet your customer, your your clients. And uh, the problem is, as you told, the fair uh, costs a lot of money.
1: And now, uh, you that, no, uh, the fur, and also what is around the fur? Yeah? Yes, so the, the, trip, the hotels, the tree, hotel, the uh, restaurants yeah, the prices uh, are crazy in the yes, hotels. Uh,
2: but uh, this is uh, this is uh, um, a big uh, a big question because uh, last week uh, I was uh, in Switzerland. I spoke with uh, some producers for uh, Austria and uh, for Germany, and uh, they told me, for example uh if uh, they would uh, uh, take place in uh, the the uh, the province for example of an italy or uh, uh, the paris fair this is a, good, a big question because it is a, a question of uh, the coast and now you have uh, to be uh, n- to to pay very attention of uh, where you invest uh, your time and your money. So is it, uh, for example, there are some fairs uh, that uh, they moved uh, from uh, uh, the area where they, they, uh, the first uh, fair, where they are, yeah. do they, they meet to, the, uh, to, to Asia, to USA, or in other states of Europe. So there another problem is the problem of the importer. And the pro- importer has to choose in which fair he will concentrate it his time. And... Uh, I I don't know. I think it's a, a, a hard decision for an importer and for the producer. And you, which fair you have to bet uh, to to
1: invest, and it can be good or. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's a huge challenge for uh, all the players on the market eh? because also I got also the same. Uh, decision problems and the same decision dilemma when to go to Vinitali or to yeah. to, uh, to other, but on the other hand, I have heard from many people, uh, the buyers and the importers and also the producers, the Vinitali this year was a huge success.
2: Yes, it was a great success uh, from uh, uh, importers uh, of all over yeah. the yeah. world, yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh, so I think that uh, we should put a dot at this moment uh, because we've got a couple of minutes uh, for our listeners. So Joy, uh, we have we got some questions from our listeners?
0: Hi there, Slavik. That was a, that was a great conversation. I do not see any um, questions from the public at the moment. Um, okay. but I could probably ask one thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about food, <laughs> Yes. you were talking about Pecorino and you were talking about asparagus. I love asparagus. I eat it like every day. Um, but I was going to ask Marco, what is, what is your favorite food and, um, do you drink it with, uh, one of your wines and which one?
2: My uh, my favorite food is fish.
0: Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, you did say you did say <laughs> yes,
1: Parisian uh, fish. I, I, I bring laughing to a fish <laughs> ration, a restaurant.
2: The restaurant <laughs> that is uh, I love fish uh, and um, I love. Uh, Ma, uh, not only pecorino. I uh, sure I drink pecorino because I'm the producer, and uh, I I taste some other pecorino as well, other uh, wine. But I love. Uh, um, I'm uh, interesting in uh, uh, other wines, uh, white wine and red wine, of course, uh, of all of, the, of all. Over the world, and so I like wine. This is uh, my my business, uh, and uh, what to say? It's so. Uh, yeah.
0: No, no, that's that's fine. You like fish, okay? So, so you would probably have you know a fish dish with with. Yeah. Okay. I figured you were going to say that, but I thought I'd ask just in case. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, it is coming up to the end of the hour and I am going to close the room. Uh, this is going to play on the Italian Wine Podcast, so I will notify you when it is going to come out, probably next week, I think. And um, if anybody has any questions that they want to ask at any point, even after this goes out on the podcast, um, then you can always email, email us at info at italianwinepodcast.com and we will send you uh, guys the questions to answer. Um, but yeah, sure. thank you so much. I hope you guys have a good tasting tonight and, uh, you know, lots of good food and, and uh, good conversation.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Joy and Laika. and uh, thanks to uh, everybody for uh, joining us this uh, this evening. Uh, uh, sorry for the time. I know that's uh, four thirty on Friday. It's not a good time to make a clubhouse. No, it's uh, perfect. But, uh,
0: it's perfect. Uh,
1: it's a drive time home, and they are starting the weekend, so maybe it's a good uh, good time to open some uh, some bottles uh, with Marco. We we will do in a couple of minutes in one of my wine bar. So we wish uh, to everybody a great, uh, great weekend uh, Weekend and uh, uh, here and see you next time.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, you as well. And uh, actually, I forgot, Laika, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm <listening>. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering, uh, what do we have going on next week? Yeah, so for next week, it's going to be um, Angelo Sacolo. Um He will be interviewing Lorenzo Scavino of Azalea, Azalea Winery. Um, that's going to be on Thursday. And we actually change our clubhouse time to 5.30 p.m. Um, so that's going to be our new slot. So that's going to be at 5.30 p.m., May 25, Thursday. Cool. Okay. Well then with that I, I I wish everybody a fantastic weekend and we'll talk to you guys next time.
1: Ciao. 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 Thank, you. Ciao. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. So